1: Why are razors so expensive? I don't know. Maybe it's because those billion-dollar shave companies overload their razors with ridiculous shave tech that you don't really need. Do you really need a razor with a vibrating handle? No, you need a sex toy with a vibrating handle. (laughs) Stop paying out of the nose and make the switch to dollarshaveclub.com. Amazing quality razors and other cool bathroom stuff
0: right to your door for a couple of bucks a month. It really couldn't be any easier than that. You don't have to go out of
1: your house. You don't have to go to CVS or anywhere. It comes to your door. And not that .com isn't easy enough. It's They don't waste their money on ridiculous shave tech gimmicks. That's one of the ways they can charge a fraction of what the big shave companies charge. And you know what? I think dollarshaveclub.com blades are actually better yeah and signing up couldn't be easier just go to dollarshaveclub.com
0: and pick a razor plan they have three to choose from then every month like clockwork you'll get a package in the mail with dollar shave club blades and they've got other great stuff like dr carver's easy shave butter and one wipe charlie's the peppermint infused butt wipes for men because who doesn't like a pepperminty butt
1: (laughs) I don't know you must be crazy to not like a pepperminty butt (laughs) thanks to dollarshaveclub.com you'll never forget to buy blades and you'll never get nicked up from squeezing one to many shaves out of that last blade in your pack. And I actually have a cut on my leg right now that I'm looking at. I do too. am bleeding
0: and I did not use DollarShaveClub.com. I didn't as well and
1: I have a three line cut right now on my knee from my oh, eraser. Which would not happen with DollarShaveClub.com. Join Ask Women and the hundreds of thousands of guys who've upgraded to the smarter way to shave. Shave time. Shave money. Join dollarshaveclub.com <laughs> slash askwomen. I don't feel ridiculous saying that because I am proud of who I am. <laughs> shave time, shave money. Join dollarshaveclub.com slash askwomen. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash askwomen. The following program is a podcast PodcastOne.com production
2: podcastone.com presents the ask women podcast Uh a place where two comics and a professional wing girl get together to dissect the female mind
1: you don't know how i
2: feel and explain it to men in terms they can actually understand booze now here's the lovely ladies of ask women
0: Welcome to the Ask Women podcast. My name is Marnie and I'm one of your, ho- this actually is quite difficult. Yeah, it's awkward. Yeah, it is. It is awkward. I always make fun mm. of Kristen because she I usually, usually intros intro. the show, but she's injured today, horribly injured. So she cannot intro the show. But yes, I am Marnie Kinris, um, dating expert, relationship coach for men, uh, and nice woman. Um, yeah. and then we have Kristen Carney, who is a very talented comedian, super funny and her mouth is injured. So unable to smile today, but mm-hmm. still looks beautiful. Thank you. And then uh, we have Mr. Cath Catherwood. Yeah, I gonna mess up your name from Loveline. Mike Catherwood is. Am I saying that right? Yeah. I feel like I'm screwing it up. I keep screwing no, up it's names. All good. It's like Drew Pinsky, like I did the other time. Um, but yes, Mike Catherwood. What you up. call yeah, Drew? Thought- I Drew's thought Drew Pinsky's was Drew Pinsky. His like last Drubinsky. name was Drew Pinsky, so we had Susan Pinsky on, yeah. and I kept wanting to call her Susan Drew Pinsky. <laughs> <Not, laughs> oh, like that's, that, that's what I thought yeah. the oh, last the name best. was was like, yeah, doctor Drew Pinsky. Susan doesn't get
3: enough of people associating her identity <laughs> right. just I being Doctor wife. Know. I, I know. That's the best. I know. I
0: felt horrible. I tried to. I try to steer away from that as much as possible, and like have her have her own personality. Did she but talk it's hard. about? Did
3: she talk about fucking Doctor Drew? Yeah, yes. absolutely. Every day, every
0: day they have sex.
3: I know. Isn't that awesome?
0: How did they do like this? the
1: equivalent of her telling us every day that they have sex like I don't know it seems both is awkward every
3: time <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about Yeah
1: every every day I every day w- but every- how do they have sex every day?
3: I think they make it a point. I mean, I think really? there's there's times when it, it, you know this is it's
1: got to feel forced. Drew's
3: point of view. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I host a, sh- oh, yes. a show with Drew, a show. so I know Drew very personally uh, in a in a very intimate sense. And I also we now you know so you him have sex with him every day too. Uh, I've tried pretty much. I've tried, Yeah, Susan puts a stop to that. She's, I'm sure she <laughs> she's does. A jealous woman. I'm sure she uh, does. But he says, you know, that's a it's you look at it as another. Not only is it sex, and you're trying to meet each other's needs sexually, you look at it as a facet of a successful relationship. So there's times when maybe he's really tired and he's not, up to the task, but he steps his game up and does what he needs to yeah, do. Yeah, that's the thing that there's blew times my mind. When is she like, is a busy, and, man. And, yeah, yeah. And like, there's times, there's times time? when she maybe is not feeling it, but she steps up her side, and then it just they meet in the middle, and everything kind of works out from there. So, yeah.
0: well, it constantly keeps you connected because I know that there are certain times when my husband and I, not that we get distant from each other, but we get really locked into what we're doing personally sure. on our own. We see each other every day, pretty much because he, you know, we work from that's home. That's as good as sex for me. <laughs> You're like that's all that I need. Mm-hmm. But without that physical touch there then it really just becomes a friendship with two people cohabitating. Yeah. And like when we do get those moments where we are cuddling and like he's playing with my hair and looking at my face and kissing me, it it does like it does reset our relationship again. But so, that
3: yeah. and that shit is really almost as important. It's cor- correct me if I'm wrong. That kind of bullshit is almost <laughs> that
1: kind of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it, that kind of shit.
3: Well, I will say, I mean, I A lot
1: of it is bullshit though because a lot of it's like put on, it's forced yeah, and it's not it,
3: always uh, natural. Uh, uh, a large percentage of it from a man's point of view is put on that that kind of non-sexual interaction physical non-sexual physical interaction things like running my fingers through my wife's hair looking deeply in her eyes for no reason giving her a kiss in the kitchen that's just why because. i
1: can't get into romance because it's just so awkward well because listen it's like we're thinking about it it's never like just in the moment no <laughs> so sometimes it doesn't it happen naturally. my point
3: being that although many a times it is uh, yeah. it's a contrived effort from my stance
1: it's like my wardrobe it
3: ends up get, the the end result is very successful regardless and so subsequently that that ball of romance and in- intimacy between my wife and I builds and so the the ends definitely justify the means you know Wait, can even you, the,
0: can you explain that a little bit more sure. what you were saying because you were saying it's it's forced though so it's not naturally what you want to do but you know many times it is but many right. times it's not many okay. times i'm
3: like i look at her i'll be i'll be cooking or and i'll look over and she's sitting there and i'll be like Go over and give her a kiss on the forehead for no reason, and uh, I, I don't I, – I'd rather stay in the kitchen – then right. walk the 10 yards and do that. for everybody. Yeah. But I'm like, that'll be really good because she'll really appreciate it and it'll make her feel close to me. Uh, yeah. I, I don't instinctively feel like the desire to do it, but I feel like eh, it's probably a good idea. Yeah. And sometimes I just do it out of habit. It's just like it pops off. But the times I do it where it's a contrived, thought out thing, in the end, it still leads to us being closer and her looking at me with more intimacy and look, finding me sexier. Ab- so, absolutely, yeah. even if it, even if it, I was faking it till I make it, 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 uh, it all comes out in the same kick-ass, sexy goulash in yeah. the end. you know so.
0: absolutely. Well, actually, I would say on the flip side, because you were saying that men do this, but women do that as well. There's a lot of times where I look at my husband and I'm just like, oh, it would be so nice to just sit here and not do anything, blah blah. blah. I don't yeah. need to engage him. But then in my mind, I think, you know what? He would, he'd really needs this right now, or yeah. he would appreciate this, or this would make him feel good, which would ultimately make me feel good. And that's why I motivate myself to do those things. But again. And Sometimes it is natural That I want to do Those things for him yeah. But that is what Keeps it alive Because I think a lot Of people get really Locked into their laziness And they're like eh, I'll do it later and- I also get locked Into having like a wall up Because like my boyfriend <laughs>
1: yeah. Does that to me I'm like okay What bullshit are you Doing right now yeah. Like stop being- What do you want Stop yeah Like, let's just get to it. Whatever it is you're trying to get to, let's just, like, cut out all of, like, the reading and, like, let's just look at the pictures. You know what I mean? That's
3: that's probably a byproduct of being a comedian,
1: Comedian. Yeah, 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 Being cynical, being cynical of everything. Being
3: super cynical is a really big value uh, of a premium to a comedian, and and that...
1: Right, I don't want to lose it, because if I lose it, I'm like, what's happening to me? And I have to look in the mirror, and I'm like, get it together, which actually, (laughs) for other people, would be, they would be thinking I'm saying, like... Fall apart because for me i'm I function better functioning horribly, yeah,
3: you know. But, no, I, I hear you, but you know, it's
1: a, it's a painful life though.
3: I will tell you. I've met a lot of, a lot of really, really funny people who are miserable and unsuccessful both in life and as comedians because they wouldn't give up on the idea that they have to be a tortured artist.
1: Right. Like I was just actually talking to Mike Carano here mm-hmm. the other day and we had like a 45 minute long conversation on how we enjoy hating things, mm-hmm. but at the same time we hate life. So it's like, well, do we want to like get rid of that hating things and then lose who we are or do? we want to well isn't there like a way things, to be both or yeah. is it yeah, like he ta- like, Taylor Swift. like if she doesn't have a breakup she can't write music well I yeah.
3: I I, yeah. I strongly believe that the the, the notion in, in a Buddhist the Buddhist idea is that suffering is develop all human suffering is developed from clinging to things that aren't uh, that we unnecessarily cling to that they, yeah. they're, they're absolutely frivolous and uh, useless, but we cling to them. Uh, you you cling to the idea of your kid being who you want your kid to be as opposed to who they really are. Yeah. You cling to how you looked at age 25 as opposed and and <laughs> go crazy with plastic surgery or what it diets as opposed to just growing old gracefully. And if you cling to the idea that I'm a I'm a tortured person and I am angry and that's what makes me me, you're going to go through this cycle of really. Really having the dissonance between who your personality is and enjoying life. Absolutely. whether or not you can crank out one or two extra jokes because you hate the person driving a Prius in front of you as opposed to not giving a fuck if what kind of car people drive uh, is really not worth it. When you re- think about the fact that we probably got about seven years here. not right. You know, not... Not 700. Is it all really worth it? it because a, a creative person, in my opinion, a creative person's a creative person's a creative person, whether you're happy or sad. And okay. it's all kind of, I mean, because I even got into using drugs, I think. I mean, I was an addict no matter what, but I got into it early on because all the guys I always looked up to were dead at 27 from heroin overdoses and, and drinking themselves to death. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be, you know, I thought it was going to be this like Kerouac type, you know, Dylan Thomas type figure. And it's all bullshit. I mean, that So you thought you were going to die at
0: 27? Well, or no, for?
3: it was like this kick-ass, you know, kind of punk rock prophecy... But so in actuality, like yeah, it on. had nothing to do with whether or not I right. would pursue any certain goals creatively. It was just almost trying to fill some, you know, wear some weird costume. Yeah.
0: Well, actually, this is an interesting segue. and I'm going to take it back to dating and relationships and like to help the people who are listening on the show. But um, before I do bring that up, I want to talk about our guest on the show today, mm-hmm. who actually is a very good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Bruce Silverman. I think he's in his 60s, maybe early 70s. I don't know how old he is. He looks like but- he's in his 30s. He does. He lo- mm-hmm. He's a good looking guy. But mm-hmm. I met him probably nine years ago when I, I was working in the finance industry mm-hmm. and I wanted to get into advertising and I had created this networking event called Young in Business. When uh, he's not young in business, but he's in business and he was there with somebody else. And I, he, I talked to him and he told me that he used to be second in command at Ogilvy when Ogilvy was huge for advertising. He came up with the expression, American Express, don't leave home without it. Some amazing ad campaign. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Not popular at all. But uh, I had talked to him and I said, I really want to get into advertising. I have this business where I'm a wing girl, but you know, I have to stay in the country and have a, a real job and get a green card. How I need to have yeah. a job and I want to be in advertising. He said, Okay, I am in I'm in advertising. I can help you do that. But it's going to take you actually contacting me and following up." And I looked at him and said, okay, do people not usually follow up when you make an offer like that? And he said, you'd be surprised. He gave me his card and he said, we'll see if I ever hear from you. And for me, I was like, how do people (laughs) not follow up with that? And I followed up with him. And then I've I've known him since then. He introduced me to some people, I ended up getting my own job in advertising and staying in the country legally for a little bit. but I've known him for a really long time. We probably check in with each other every once in a while. But he wrote this book that's about getting shit. For free, yeah. about being a Jew who complains and <laughs> gets shit for free, and I and he's really a charming, wonderful man and knows how to have great conversations. I was about to
3: say the guy with the last name is Silverman, writing uh, yeah. how to get <laughs> how stuff, to get for, stuff free. for free. Not really doing a lot for the old stereotypes <laughs> right. there. <laughs>
0: right, yeah. he's feeding into it and he's getting shit for free, yeah, so it's totally him. great. I forgot what his book is called, but he's going to come onto the show. That was a long intro, um, but now I want to. So go he's back. doing like a disservice to his advertising industry.
1: It's like he worked <laughs> so much. hard at trying to get people to, to buy shit, to and buy now and he's getting it for free.
0: Now he knows the ins and outs of it, yeah, right? Really he knows how to work the system. But the segue that I was going to say was, was similar to what, Mike, you and I were talking about before we, started, we were starting this podcast. But you were talking about how um, when you do change your mindset and you kind of let all the shit go away mm-hmm. and you're not bothered by stupid stuff that bothered you in the past, it opens you up so that you can be more free and opportunity can come your way. And I think yeah. that's a really good thing to talk about for this chapter. Today's chapter in the man's playbook.
1: (laughs) bar.
0: <laughs> Cuz a lot of guys get really wrapped inside or tra- trapped why can I not speak today? Get really trapped in their heads mm-hmm. thinking about the rejection, thinking about what possibly can happen to them if they put themselves out there, thinking about the fact that they're a 7 and that girl's a 9 so they can't approach her. And I think that success for a lot of men when interacting with women especially, forget about the other interactions in the world, but sure. with women, once they sort of let go of all of that shit, that's when they can really start to see success because they don't care anymore.
3: And you, you gotta embrace. You gotta really embrace the struggle of life. So many people live in such an, and especially men. I, young guys, I talk to nowadays. Uh, they call up love line, or I meet them in my personal life. And and I, I know these kids. Like they're they're twenty twenty one, and they say I want to do A B and C, and they never follow through with any of it. For the same reason that they never approach girls, it's because they're so scared. Yeah. And and I am certainly not. The smartest guy out there, and I am by no means a tough guy, but I will toot my own horn in that, in, in every kind of crossroads I've come to and every avenue in life, I definitely got a pair of balls. It's like, if, I, if I'm going to do this, I might as well give it a shot. What's the worst that can happen?
1: Well, like you just said, we're not here for 700 years. We're here for seven. And so when you kind of put that in, in, into perspective, you all of a sudden realize that the guy who's wearing the suit that's supposed to intimidate you out of getting this job is really just an idiot like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so it when you put a cap on how long we're here, it starts to limit how scared you are. Yeah Well you would think it would For most people It does It helps me for stand up When I look at other people And I think oh my god They're so good They're so amazing And then all of a sudden I realize They're nobody also And they're trying to do Exactly what it is I'm trying to do I just instantly feel More self confident
3: I was Mm -hmm. I was at a point In my career Where Early on Where I did feel Not only intimidated But jealous Or envious Of other guys Who were Getting a huge radio contract Or had their own Radio show Or whatever it may be And And I went through certain things in my life that were totally unrelated to uh, my my professional life. You go through real crisis. Think about like you, people sit around and they get so worried about their job interview the next day or the potentially losing their job.
0: It's a waste of time.
3: Anything that's really, anything that you can really worry about in life, and I and I know this to be true, you can mark this down in the book of life. Anything that you really have to worry about in life, you don't have time to worry about. It'll wake you up at 2 a.m. or come and sideswipe you out of fucking nowhere.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Finding
3: out your mom Mom has cancer finding out you, you, you your 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 baby didn't survive the delivery yeah. real shit that you deal with you know uh you, you know all that kind of thing um that y- you don't sit and worry about that you don't rum it you know walk back and forth and 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 and, and have this anxiety once you go through a, a couple occasions like that you kind of lose sight of all the other like bullshit, bullshit that you once worried about mm-hmm. and when you can be liberated that way uh, it is very, it's very nice. I often see, like, look at it in how I interact with women. I was not very good with women, at, as far as my interaction with them. I yeah. was that guy who would see four or five signs that I could approach a girl. Have people uh, unrelated to it approach me and be like, "Dude, just go do it. She's into you. Clearly, she's giving." She's literally I,
1: holding a sign with your name <laughs> on it. <Yes. laughs>
3: and and I couldn't do it. I was so scared of it and after getting rejected a lot in my professional life after going through divorce after getting clean and sober after uh having people kill, you know commit suicide and right. then in my life and then uh then getting married again all the pressure in dealing with women was completely removed. Because I'm married, and I have no aspiration to cheat. Right, exactly. So when I see a pretty girl, now it's just a, a, another human being on the earth who happens to be uh, appealing to my eyeballs. So I go <laughs> up, and I just act completely like myself, with zero uh, pretensions, with zero kind of ideas. So how do we tell
0: guys to do this, like to be that guy, well, but without the marriage and without yeah. the death and the addiction and all of the other things that you This
3: is the... The best advice I can give guys about doing it. You're going to go to any social situation. That you may be in And you're going to see that girl that you're attracted to By all accounts she's single She doesn't have a wedding ring You don't know her But what's the chance You know What's the the downside to talking to her But you're going to talk yourself out of it in your mind Because you're scared You're scared You just don't have the balls to do it And I'm not talking I'm not saying that in a pejorative manner I was that guy many a times I watched this documentary about uh, Marines In this particularly dangerous uh, part of Afghanistan It was known to be a valley The
1: entire country? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Particularly yes. All of dangerous. Dangerous. But yeah.
3: this, this certain valley uh, in, in Afghanistan, which is, like San you said, which valley. is truly a, a, a dangerous place in, in total. There's a certain <laughs> valley, which is almost suicide going in because of how the angles uh, that uh, Afghani insurgents and, and different um, terrorist groups, the, the angles that they had in, and lines of sight oh, wow. and the different uh, booby traps that they had put in the sand. There's a minimal chance you're
0: getting out of life. But
3: they have to go through this valley to get to certain other parts of the country and they're talking to these marines some of them like 19 you know and i'm watching this as a 34 year old man uh i'm looking and they're like well um yeah i'm scared but you gotta do what you gotta do i, I didn't come here to, to push out now and i and, and i'm listening to these guys talk and i'm looking at the fear in their eyes and they and they go through it and at the end of this documentary some of those kids didn't make it some of them did
1: this is horrifying
3: and I, it is i sit and i think about that and i think about 19 year old mike and in a bar being scared to talk to another human right. being?
1: Yeah. Right. Absolutely. What's well, the, absolute <laughs> <potential>? <laughs> right. the absolute worst potential? The absolute fucking disaster
3: is she's You're gonna like, fall into like a good booby trap, yeah. There. yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the <laughs> absolute, I mean, worst case scenario is she says, uh, no. she says no, I'm not interested. I have a boyfriend. Not I step on an IED and, and die. Right. Yet I'm scared to do this small yeah. people are so, so scared. Of human interaction. Yeah. And you just got to relook but, but, at it well, and, and stay, take a step back and be like, you know what? I'm not going into this valley in Afghanistan. I'm going to go talk to a girl.
0: Yeah, but there's actually something interesting that you said there. Okay, So so they're soldiers. Soldiers go through training, mm-hmm. right? So that training prepares you. So I think a lot of the people who look at, okay, there's that guy who goes up to girls and he approaches her and she's totally into him. They're having so much fun. They're flirting. They're laughing. He's so successful. They don't acknowledge the amount of years that they possibly practiced, possibly got rejected, possibly fell flat on their face. Maybe they didn't have that situation, that guy over there who's super successful, but most likely at some point in their life, they put themselves out out there to a woman and she said no. Yeah. They just look at the huge success that this guy is able to chat up a woman and be super successful. So I think for a lot of guys and the guys who are listening to this show, they, they need to acknowledge that practice is the essential piece that makes you that expert that makes sure. you that marine or that soldier that can walk through the valley of death and say fuck that i'm scared but i'm gonna do it anyway because potentially it could be something absolutely amazing rather than potentially i could fall flat on my face and be rejected
2: i want to I say too mike I, I think the other thing with what you're saying is there's a general standing behind those infantrymen saying go out there and do it now if Every guy here in the States had somebody behind them that they, it was an authority yeah, to make like a that mob- forced So basically, them go,
0: this is a huge advertisement woman. for me, is what we're yeah. saying. They should all go to my site and buy exactly. my products. You're the general. Done. Go, I'm the general. Make go it happen. and
3: make them do it regardless of how they feel about it. I don't it. know. I mean, I think that it would certainly help, but that's not always the case. I definitely had attractive women that were either married or boy- girlfriends of my fr- male friends around me saying, oh, she's my friend. We've talked about you before. She likes you. She thinks you're cute. You should go talk to her. And I still wouldn't do it. Um, but you didn't
0: have the practice. You didn't have, like, the, right. the week of training
3: Listen, before,
0: as I'm trying to pump the myself. fighter. I'm like, just stop <laughs> she's taking away from me. The best <laughs>
3: fighters are always on the mats. Yeah. The best swimmers are always in the pool. That, that's that. There's no doubt about it. And sometimes your training is going to be great. Sometimes your training is going to suck. But more pe- the more you train, the better things are right. going to go. Right. Like
1: for that you. book, <laughs> Outliers. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. I oh, mean, great the
3: Malcolm Gladwell book. Yeah, it's great.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, you kind of realize that it does. Take 10,000 hours to get good at anything, mm-hmm. and you can talk yourself out of it and go, Oh my god, I'll never get the 10,000 hours in, or you can just get off your butt and actually start getting the 10,000.
0: Yeah, hours and start in. getting one hour under your belt, right. and then slowly it becomes achievable. I think this is fantastic.
3: There's I'm not
1: th- saying like getting talking to girls, you need 10,000
3: hours. It yeah. might not hurt though. I mean, I'm yeah, no. certainly not at, at, at an expert level, but I'm so much better more in tune with the feminine idea the the entire feminine essence from talking to women more and the more and more that i do it i, yeah. I spent 30 years not really talking to girls and that included a marriage and it really? included being married uh, included being raised in a household of almost exclusively women my dad traveled greatly i'm mean, probably 200 some days out of the year my entire life so I was with my mom and my sister and my mom has six sisters and they were there in the house all the time excuse me five sisters six total and, and, and I was almost and I made it a point not to ever fucking interact with them as much as possible
1: really yeah Why?
3: And because was that was it felt very comfortable from you know a guy's point of view, it was it, it felt seemed, uncomfortable. It felt very comfortable, oh, comfortable. to not engage because they nice. definitely speak a different language. I think you were going to mm-hmm. touch on that the the enmeshment of, of of a female's way of communicating and a man's mm-hmm. is totally different. And sometimes my wife just wants to talk to me. And that makes no fucking sense. Right. I don't understand. She's like, I'll be like, well, all right, all right, you said that already. Can we get to the-? She's like, I'm not a fucking caller on your radio show. Don't rush right, me. Right, exactly. So I just need to get this off my chest. Exactly. need to get this off my chest. I- my
1: boyfriend, I say, I'm not a Mexican in your fields. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He works in he, he, yeah. he works in <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Where's that guy from? I oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, no, but so- that,
1: oh,
0: next, the next episode that we have together, I definitely want to talk, because I was going to bring it up today, but conversation threading, that's something I definitely want to talk about. Right. But one thing I do want to bring up. it's like you know the movie Groundhog Day where he gets to live a day over and over and over that's practice he gets to have an interaction with Andy McDowell McDowell is that her name whatever the hell her name is Punxsutawney Phil Exactly. That's her name. Punxsutawney Phil. But he gets to interact with her every single day, mess up and go back and redo it and tweak something a little bit differently so that it gets him a higher level of success. So he gets to that point where she says yes for a date. Then he screws up five more times and then gets a yes once it's past the date to go on the next date or to make out, whatever it is. So practice is essential for these guys. For Not for these guys. I don't want to say that. For, for, For people who are listening, even for me, like, and even for all of us who are in the room right now. Practice is the essential piece to becoming an expert, a master. Watch the Olympics. That, that, those people did not just suddenly put on a pair of skis and become masters right away. They have hours and hours and hours under their belt of learning that skill set, learning that sport, figuring out the ins and outs of what they can do, what they can't do. And it's the same thing for the skill set of interacting with women, picking up women, right. approaching women, having sex with women,
3: whatever it is. And let me tell you, this is true and I I would hope that both of you agree. If you don't, please let me tell me if I'm co- no, talking we'll out you. of bullshit. Being a good-looking dude, it gives you a little margin, you know? I mean, it don't get me, no, big for sure, but, but you can fall on your
0: face but really quickly. women
3: really appreciate a good personality, a sense of humor. It, you Absolutely. don't have to be fucking uh, uh, underwear model to be successful with girls it is different women I, I will i will shoot down men here we are shallow like yeah yes. really you could be the greatest most uh, like uh, uh, engaging chick in the world but if you're not hot most guys don't want yeah, exactly. to pay attention like that really is unfortunately true
1: 90 percent of women will say and i was going to say 95 percent before but i changed it but 90 percent of women will say they're more into personality than they are into looks i know yeah. i am
0: me
3: too. It makes it, it, it listen, and, and that, that is the biggest benefit that men have going for them is that a lot of times guys look from afar and they'd be like, well, he's so, he's six foot three and has six pack abs and beautiful. I don't stand a chance again. No, you do. You totally you do because do. Yeah. he's probably a bag of shit. You've actually gotten you questions may have a, yeah. from
1: people like that. They describe themselves. They're like, "I'm really handsome. I'm tall. I have abs. I'm amazing." But I can't. But that I can't that get with girls. women
3: because you write emails where you describe yourself exactly. as tall with abs, and you don't exactly. have something better to do with your fucking life. Right, you bag of <laughs> shit. And there
1: were probably misspellings in it too. Yes. I would assume. <laughs> That's what edited you know. The, I edit it that
3: in. gets <laughs> you. I mean, don't get me wrong. It definitely draws your attention. You walk into a restaurant, chicks yeah. will be like, "Whoa, look at that guy." Right, but that doesn't. Ma- that that matters Nothing. It's look. I I uh, when I go to to fight or uh, uh, at the MMA gym, I train with guys. Some guys walk in looking like Mr. America, big buff muscular dudes and and they look the part they look like a comic book character all that doesn't amount to a hill of beans when a 135 pound guy with a pot belly who's been training since he was 10 years old chokes him the fuck out because he has the actual skills that matter and the same thing goes you could be a Marcus Schenkenberg looking dude I'm really dating myself because wasn't he like yeah, was a like, handsome oh, model Casey. in like 1995. Who is that guy? He was like a big model a long time ago. Uh, you could be like the most beautiful guy in the world. It doesn't really matter if you talk, if you walk up to a lady and you, you can't engage in conversation. It yeah. doesn't. I mean, there's a, there's a, Small window of girls yes, who absolutely. just like
0: it depends on what a girl's
1: looking for yeah. as well during that time period. But I completely agree with you. I've always said that honestly, I'm not at all attracted to Brad Pitt. He's like the picture, he's like and I and this is I've I've said this before. He's pretty he's like the golden retriever of men where, yeah, of course he's good looking, but they're they're boring. I've seen yeah. them like way too many times and they're not interesting. I want the weird scruffy dog that with has a sharp like a, that looks like an old man. Because it's like offer something different rather than this almost like like you said, comedy. Comic book yeah. kind of cutout. Like I'd always, I would literally go for George Costanza over Brad Pitt any day, and people would call me on that and say bullshit. But it's not. no, it's actually very it's true. true. I very believe true. that you would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the home
3: the home run is a is a is like a George Clooney or someone like that who is handsome. Personality. intelligent very I cannot seem to be stand philanthropic I'm playing jokes
1: on you practical jokes how do how can you dislike a man eh, he's like, like in that. like the cool kids club like him and and Brad Pitt it's like okay we get it you guys are like you're the king of the elk's club in the small <laughs> well,
3: town I mean it makes for a good example you're probably right i mean yeah. they are probably very uh, I get very no,
0: specific I'm saying there's
3: there there is guys who are incredibly right. handsome who right. are philanthropic and, and generous right. and caring and, yes. and smart you know and right. that's the home run that's what you i mean i think all women would love but yes. but George Cassanza does rank higher. Than a guy, a guy who looks like Brad Pitt and doesn't have much to offer. Right, right. And another thing that you 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 touched on something is that a lot of uh, I think that the the idea of what a man is, or even masculine energy as a whole, is so misguided now. And and I I say this not
0: misguided, it's not guided at all. Right
3: now. now, I say this as a man who suffered from it. Is that you think that the idea of being masculine? Uh, is being macho. And the two are far apart. Um, And you don't really realize... It's a very... Because then you run into the the territory where you're actually not giving a woman what she needs from a man because you're wasting so much energy engaging in these other things that you think she needs. Being
1: macho is the same equivalent. So guys say to women you know all that time that you spend like working on your nails and your hair like we don't notice either we think you're hot or you're ugly Mm -hmm. that that's the equivalent for us for dudes is when they're macho women don't care if you're macho it's kind of like you can put all the time and energy into being macho the way that like some horrible personality woman put a million hours into her hair it doesn't make a difference like it we're not going to like you right Regardless, right?
0: It's not. It's I don't not, know if I explained that correctly. No, you but. did. It's just. It's not the thing that's going to be the tipping point for us, right? It'll talking, be the tipping point to like make you. someone rub you yourself together, or, you're, or because you're super macho. I'm going to interrupt because we have to get to our, our guest, Bruce Silverman. But I knew we were going to have a good conversation with yes. you. Yes. Um, but again, but Mike, again, Mike is on Love Line. Just give a little plug for yourself and just say who you are, because I didn't really properly
3: uh, introduce you. A little plug for myself. You yeah. know, what? I just got an awesome butt plug that has a ponytail. It has a, really? a horsey ponytail. So you put it in your butt. It looks like you have a horse tail. That's funny. You yeah.
1: know, I thought. Literally, I thought butt plugs were for gay men who had too much butt sex until like two months ago. To say stop? Is that like to stop them from having sex? No, no it's, it was it's to like, plug up any sort of... I, I we no. thought it was to plug up their bowels. Their no, it's a like No, it's a it's, like, for more power. I know. I didn't know that. And the only reason I found out was because my mom saw um, Jennifer Lawrence talking about butt plugs on like The Tonight Show or something. What? My mom goes, what is a butt plug? And I was like, <laughs> mom, everyone knows it's for gay men who've had too yeah. much butt sex. And then she I... thought I, it was like
3: a <laughs> grommet to prevent leakage? That's what she I got, thought. Yeah. So
1: that's what she still thinks it is. It's, because then I asked well, my I asked my boyfriend, her. and he was like, "What? You don't know what a butt plug is? I'm very I'm very innocent." I'm Listen. Study.
3: Get the graduating set that starts off really. For these ladies out there, I'm sure you have (laughs) ladies in your uh, and 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 males who who have a girlfriend or a a a wife that they're trying to get into anal sex. Yes, they sell these like they're almost like Russian nesting dolls, and they're graduating (laughs) butt plugs, and they start off really small. One's like a like a 22 bullet, and then the end one is like a like a like a uh, cucumber. and then you get once you get you work your way up once you get to the cucumber then you're ready for the pee pee
0: well that is a (laughs) that's a good final note for us because a lot of guys think that you can just like ram it in right away for anal sex and we're transferring over from like you know practicing and being a really good man to anal sex but you have to you have to work the anus a little bit you have to stretch you do you you can't just shove it it in in, I mean by work it we mean make it it's be pleasurable if you want her to continue doing this then exactly what you're saying you have to work your way around the anus and stretch it Anyway, coming up next, around and away from the podcast. podcast. I want to say
3: real quickly. I'm yeah. very sorry. I drank all your water. I okay, you have numerous you guests, three... and I drank numerous bottles. That's all
0: right. You, we'll go get you three more bottles. Okay. You can. Well, use We have butt Bruce plugs. Silverman coming up next, who is going to teach us how to get shit for free and just uh, charm us with his charming self. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Marty from the Ask Women podcast. Buying a car is a not so fun experience for most people and it doesn't have to be. At TrueCar.com, they'll help you get rid of the fear that you may overpay. You know when you'll get a fair price because they show you what others paid for the car you're looking for. TrueCar.com analyzes what people are paying for their cars in their market and shares it with consumers so that they never have to overpay. Over 40,000 cars were sold by TrueCar certified dealers just last month. Users see an average savings of $3,046 off True Car Certified Dealers go through a certification process and you work directly with a True Car Representative that will honor your savings. True Car Certified Dealers believe that truth and transparency are essentials to a better buying experience. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what others pay for the same vehicle in your market and around the country. Second, register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings certificate. And the third step is simple. Just print out your certificate and take it to the True Car Certified Dealer for a better hassle-free buying experience. True Car has the most comprehensive new car pricing information available and a certified network of dealers that offers a hassle-free car buying experience and negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Support the Ask Women podcast and shop at truecar.com.
2: This part of the show is brought to you by Stamps.com, a company you should be using right now. Use the promo code PATRICK for this special offer. It's a no-risk trial plus a $110 bonus offer, which includes a digital scale and up to $55 free postage. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Patrick.
1: So, you guys, before we get to anything else, I want to talk to you about the fact that I just ordered flowers on proflowers.com. I have made the mistakes in the past because my grandmother lives in Utah. I clearly do not, thank God. And, like, I've ordered them maybe, like, the day before, and I never get really what I want. This is the time. If someone lives far away from you, this is the way in to their heart. I always order my grandma uh, flowers every year. This year, I got roses on ProFlowers. They were super affordable for roses, because roses are always really expensive. I got a striped vase was like 29.99 and like $5 for the vase. If you buy roses anywhere, they're always way more expensive than that. And I also feel really awesome about what I did because she will get her flowers. I look really good. My brother and sister are going to look really bad. So I suggest doing that because that's definitely a way to get a gift for somebody that you can't really be next to. Do what I did. Go to proflowers.com and there's a little microphone up in the top. Click that and then type in ask. And then it will bring you, it'll say like, hey, Ask Women Listener. And then you'll get to feel really proud while you're shopping. Go to to their website and do that the little microphone must do it soon because the order expires midnight on friday so do your shopping go to proflowers.com look for the little microphone button at the top right hand side of the page and then click that and all you have to do is type and ask it's not like you do a dash ask anything code they just literally say like what's your password ask and you can also do it by calling one 800 proflowers and then mention ask to them on the phone
0: hey guys it's Marty buying it
2: you're listening to the Ask Women podcast, a podcast one presentation.
1: Whatever. Hey guys, welcome back to the Ask Women podcast. Uh, I'm we're here with uh, Bruce Silverman, who is an amazing Jewish man because he's <laughs> continuing the plight to get things Jewish for free. Man. A moist Jewish man. That's that's a long
3: story. I, <laughs> I would think. go as far to say the greatest.
1: The, the greatest, the greatest, the the greatest since, Jew since in history. Jesus. My God. Since <laughs>
4: yeah. uh, look, let's. Since you know, go we, back. we can give a little. That's since, good. He was from Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, he's in the You'll skinny say, book. Is he? You know what the skinny book is? No. I'm the most goy
3: guy ever. No, the skinny
4: book is Famous Jewish Sports Heroes. (laughs) So it's like one page long. A pamphlet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and, and, (laughs) And I played basketball at the same school that Sandy played basketball. And he was a really good basketball player. He got a scholarship to University of Cincinnati. And the baseball coach spotted him and said, can you throw with your left hand.
1: With this, <laughs> yeah. Can you throw so, money into a bank? Right. Yes, I can. sir. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Bruce wrote How to Complain for Fun and Profit, which is amazing because I have the first part of this book down, which is the complain part, but I don't have the fun and profit because I'm definitely not having fun and I'm definitely broke. So <laughs> yeah. we do need to chit-chat. But um, before we do, I just want to tell you guys, if you guys are buying books like mm-hmm. How to Complain for Fun and Profit, do it on our Amazon page, yeah. yes. which is at winggirlmethod.com slash Amazon. So yes. do it. Do it, do it, Perfect. Do you guys have like
3: the, uh, not to take away yeah. sidetrack, you guys have the click-through though? I yeah, find we do that have it's, the it's, click-through. It's a lot yeah. easier to just tell people to bookmark that so that before yeah. they ever go to...
1: Yeah. So. You can also go to podcastone.com and go to the Ask Women page and then click our Amazon banner. Just literally no, hit star or it. bookmark. If you do winggirlmethod.com ho- No, I know, but I'm just Amazon. saying because that... And then bookmark that page. Yeah. It's Because actually, page. yeah, I won't get into it. But if <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, but uh so I am awkwardly not smiling today. I never really smile, like I said, I'm not having fun ever, but um right. I did injure my gu- my gums, um, and uh-huh. it's it's horrible looking. <laughs> and it's purple and I look like I have um gingivitis hey, it doesn't, or something. Honestly, no, it, doesn't it doesn't look, look horrible. It, doesn't
3: look it looks bad. horrible okay. because and you, can't you have see stiff it. mouth. Yeah, you it, 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 what looks yeah, more I'm horrible like, like, is that you're talking like Paul Abdul. Right, right. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's really uncomfortable. But I honestly I I'm a huge Dorito fan and this is actually what I've been running into lately is I shove Doritos in my mouth and I get the slits on the side of my mouth kind of like, it's almost like the paper cut of of Doritos or of chips, you know? Yeah. And so anyway, I just, I mean, in, in a different way. I cut myself, but on my, I basically bit into it, and it went up under my gum on the underside, and then it's horrible. on the front, now it's all red and purple. Well, then Bruce is going to teach you how to get shit for that for free. <laughs> yeah. I love it.
0: Well, the the reason that I wanted to have you on this show, I was explaining in the, in the first talk half about of the show. Yes, exactly. Um, but I was explaining how we met, how you used to work with Ogilvy, how you created fin- uh, very famous campaigns like American Express, Don't Leave Home Without It. But the one thing that I've I've known about you since I've met you is that you are a captivating storyteller even when my husband met you he's like I want to go hang out with that guy again and just listen to him talk and tell stories but you're looking at me like I'm a crazy person now but but we never did it again
4: I know you
0: guys paid for the breakfast I know (laughs) So Fine. you so gotta we'll do it for again, and- exactly, <laughs> exactly. You tell a few stories, and that's how you get shit for free. But so, I, I the, our show is for men and for women uh, who are looking to attract the opposite sex, same sex, but overall to have more confidence to do what they want uh, in their dating, love lives, and romantic lives. And so, conversation comes up a lot. A lot of guys don't know how to talk to women, what to talk to women about. And I thought, who better to talk about that conversation than you? Because even though you may not know that you're a natural charmer you are
4: my, my ex-wife um used to say i talk too much so maybe maybe <laughs> maybe i was overly charming exactly.
0: well maybe it works my, my current
4: wife thinks i'm great <laughs>
0: <laughs> well what what about you when you think about i don't know if it's hard because you're married now but to remember you know when you were interacting with women what did you talk to them about and what skills for conversation do you think that you have now that help people become attracted to you
4: um i i I've always believed that the, the best way to be a good conversationalist is to stop by being a good listener. Yeah. Um, and the way you become a good listener is to be able to ask good questions, to elicit conversation. Yeah. Because once you get conversation going, you can find common ground. Right. And, uh, you know, not everybody has a gazillion stories to tell about their life or anything. First of all, you have to be old enough to have a lot of stories, right? You know, what are you going to tell when you're 19 years old? You know, well, I smoked the joint. Oh, Big yeah. deal. Well, you,
1: <laughs> could <be> <laughs> <a> <laughs> you, you could be a liar. Yeah, exactly. cool you, make yeah. you could be a liar. Exactly. You make our shit. You
4: could be a liar. Yet, yeah, I don't advocate that. <laughs> um, I think that 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 usually bites you in the ass. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you, you know, ask kind of normal questions, um, if you meet somebody and, you know, you say, Hey, what do you do? Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, but sometimes you don't. And then you say, what's it like? Do you like it. How'd you get there?
1: See, these are the interesting questions though. The, and the, even the way that you're saying them looks, you look actually interested. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, I, I'm always interested. Whether you're not. Or- I, no, but you see, I think, I think you should be. I, yeah. I think that, um, it, I think it has to do with genuineness. Right. Uh, Uh, You know, I I worked in advertising for almost 40 years and one of the tricks I learned in that business was you have to walk in the consumer's shoes because um, it isn't what the advertiser wants to say about his product that works that doesn't work what matters is what what does the consumer want to hear so you need to figure out what the consumer wants to hear and you can look at all the research and all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day it's almost common sense and you just talk to people so what I did for years and years was I would go to shopping malls and I Um, I would have a sign said, conducting survey. And you'd be amazed how many people want to express their opinion
1: about what Well, I'm not surprised. I've seen the internet. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
4: Well, this is before the internet. (laughs) So, you know, you just talk to people and you kind of find out what makes them tick. Well, you don't have to put up a sign. You don't have to be in advertising. But it's really simple. You got to care about who you're talking to. And if you find you can't care, move on. Right. Just move on because that's never going to work.
1: Did you find a difference between men and women in the conversation? Yeah. Uh,
4: Generally speaking, men tend to be more closed in and women tend to open up more. But I also found that men, if prodded a little bit, um, they're just waiting. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they they need to they, they need to feel safe about the conversation. You know, men we, we still live in a society where men you know are kind of encouraged to be somewhat macho. We talked about that before. Yeah. And uh, you know, so so they they don't want to reveal their inner thoughts except sometimes they do. And sometimes you know, what are the inner thoughts about? You know, did you like? that movie did you right. like that that music um, you know what do you do in your spare time do you like your job you know you, you scratch most guys Try, frankly and you say do you like your jobs you know 75% of the time they're gonna deep down they hate it they hate it because they feel stuck right and so you know like what can you do to say to somebody it could be better well maybe maybe they need some encouragement to reinvent themselves or to move on. You know, moving on is hard for most people. You know, we, we live in a society where I think common wisdom says, "Oh, you know, you can split up easily, you can change jobs easily, you can change houses easily, you can change cities easily." That's crap. It isn't true. Right. It's hard to do. It's hard to give up what you have. Absolutely. Because that's the safe zone. So it
0: feels comfortable. Exactly. Escaping yeah.
3: comfort for adult human beings is incredibly difficult, no matter how courageous you are. It's
0: Absolutely.
4: Yeah, Absolutely. I, I I always I'm always amazed But I I met a woman a couple of weeks ago. My wife and I were on vacation in Vietnam and Cambodia. We we sailed playing with
0: snakes. Yeah. We yeah. playing with
4: yeah. <laughs> I was playing with this giant me python. A um we did a lot Kristen of really interesting night, things. But but I, we
0: yeah. met a
1: woman named
4: Sylvia. In we, Vietnam? We were, we were in Vietnam. We were on the Mekong <laughs> River. It's like my We manicurist. were in a tiny little town. And we met a woman named Sylvia who is from Slovenia. <laughs> I had to go back later, look on my iPad, go online, because I didn't know where Slovenia was. And I you know, just said, wow, where is that country? I've heard of Slovakia. Right, yeah. So it's below Slovakia. So here's this woman living in an unnamed little village on the Mekong River where she's working with the local people there to develop their silk weaving business to ship back to Europe. Oh, wow. So... You know, we ended up having coffee and a very interesting woman. A lot of, and I said, how did you do this? She said, well, you know, I just thought it'd be interesting. And I said, a lot of courage. She said, yeah. I said, so what's next? She said, well, in two weeks, I get to go see my boyfriend. And I figure she's going back to Slovenia. No, he lives in Nashville.
1: What? <laughs> yeah,
4: he's a rocker. And I said to myself,
1: you know, this is this a, woman's really a superhero in disguise. Woman. Yeah,
4: there's a gutsy woman. And if I was single, and she happened to be gorgeous. Um, if I was single, I would chase that woman from one end of the world to the other because you know she's one thing she's not she's not boring not at all Right. It doesn't hurt to be gorgeous. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I
0: want to go back to something you were talking about before um, and you were saying being interested in what people have to say and listening to them. So for the guys and, and I have we, a really hard time doing it on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <That's, you're> like, <laughs> I love what, what you're, you're saying. Yeah. No, but so so the questions that you were asking were great like uh, secondary and secondary questions to ask, follow up questions to ask. And I think a lot of people have difficult um, difficulty with transitioning past the question phase. Can you possibly give an example of like a, a converse like of, of ways that you could open up the conversation I know that's hard to say we could even do a mock conversation together because a lot of guys will will say okay I've got a question in my mind I'm gonna ask her this question but they don't usually prepare anything else they sort of leave the conversation up to the girl afterwards for her to take the lead and they fall flat on their face and they get nervous and then usually eject themselves from the, the situation so how do people continue and keep the conversation going
4: uh, I guess it really goes back to that idea of listening um, when we met the very first time, we were at some event. I don't even remember what the event was. It was my was.
0: Young and Business event.
4: Okay. So <laughs> we're at this event, and we end up standing next to each other, holding glasses of wine. And you turned to me and said, Who are you? What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So I answered. And then I said, And who are you? What do you do? Now, I hear this thing about a wing girl, and I go, What? <laughs> um, but I was really curious. Now, if somebody said to me, what do you do? If I said, what do you do? And they said, I'm a nurse. And I'd say, where isn't that hard? You work 12 hours a day. Now I know just enough. That's, I think I just told you everything I know about nurses.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Um, but that woman, whoever it is, is highly likely to talk to me about what it's like to work 12 hours a day, what it's like to work in an ER, or to work in a neonatal lab, or to work with old people. Right. And I'm gonna listen and I'm gonna relate because I know people who had babies, including the various wives I've had. Right. Um, the uh, I know old people because I'm rapidly getting to be one of them, <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: um, uh, et cetera. So all you do is you just reach into yourself. Uh, I don't really think it's hard, I really don't. Um, I think it's just simply overcoming the idea that you might sound stupid. One thing I have learned in all of my life. It's okay to sound stupid from time to time. Everybody does it. I've certainly do it. I I mean, I have done done it d-
0: four times on this show. Remarkably <laughs>
4: stupid things. Um, but that's okay. And I've had women roll their eyes at some of the things I've said. And I said, gosh, I wish I didn't say that. And I finally learned to say, I wish I didn't say that out You say it out
1: loud?
0: Yeah.
4: Wonderful. Yeah. And you know, it, it creates a laugh. And, and, and it that
1: shows the other person that you're comfortable with yourself. Exactly. And it, it puts them at ease with you.
3: Well, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to be Said for as a man, you you touched on the idea of what you want to be as a man. You, you, the idea of masculinity and, and machismo, and that doesn't usually jive with. Exposing vulnerability, but there's a lot of value in that. And I think, especially when talking to a female, absolutely, um, because so many guys pretend to put put up this, you know, this carefully crafted veneer of infallibility. Yeah. But exposing vulnerability, oftentimes, you know, I'm not saying you've it's got to write a, a, an emo song every time you talk to a woman. <laughs>
0: right. But please but, don't. Yeah, saying like,
3: well, we she didn't say that. Is, well, I there's have this exercise lot, yeah. that I
0: give to the guys who sign up for my newsletters, and it's called it's called announcing the elephant. It's literally just saying what's tr- what's being trapped inside of your head because. It, the moment that you start fixating on, oh, I shouldn't have said that, you just you separate from that person. So you're out of the conversation completely. You're disconnecting because you're trapped in the shoulda, coulda, w- woulda, and it messes up your connection and conversation. So if you s- literally say it out loud, like you know, I'm nervous talking to you right now, or you're super hot, or your breasts are distracting, me. I don't know, whatever <laughs> it is that you want to say, that is announcing. I'm just joking. No, n- I annou- think I've said all those. Yeah, things. I'm sure you're like I know, you know I week. <laughs> no, it's just it's just getting it out of your head and and, and it's expressing that little bit of vulnerability but owning it and being okay with it, you can move on and get past whatever it was that may have locked you down completely and screwed up your interaction with a woman.
4: Yeah, and I think, you know, deep down, most guys, you know, they, they this machismo thing is kind of a, a big facade. Yeah. Um, and I really believe that. And I actually, those few people I've known who are really like that, um, who that's who they are.
1: They suck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they yeah. Suck. They're
3: also sad oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah. yeah, sad
0: and very insecure. Yeah.
4: You know, it's it's like, you know, these football players down in Miami that harassed this guy. Right. Martin. Um, and you said, and you read the guy's tweets, his, his alleged... Um, Uh, Apology tweets and you say, boy, this guy is possibly the largest asshole that ever lived. Um, But I, I think most guys simply need to listen, to not be afraid to look at a woman, look her in the eye, and to actually care about what she's got to say. Um,
0: Absolutely.
4: It's uh, Don't be so distracted. Don't be looking all around. Um,
1: it's all inside you. Worrying. All the answers are there.
4: Stop worrying. You know, I mean, you know, life moves on pretty darn quickly. Yeah,
1: and that's what we were saying actually earlier, too, before you came in, was that how fast everything goes, you don't have time to worry about that stuff.
4: You, you really don't, but... um you know, it's funny. Uh, when I was a kid, I was a child actor, and uh, which really did oh, help didn't breaking things down. And uh, somebody once asked me, and I worked in a, in a show that was written by Rodgers and Hammerstein on Broadway. And uh, so I got to know all these Broadway people. And somebody once, we were once talking years years later as an adult uh, with some friends, who we were talking about what's the greatest love song ever written. And I know what it is. I know what it is.
1: Pour some sugar on me. It, it, is, <laughs> it
4: is. It is. Um, Some Enchanted Evening. Because the operative line in the lyric is, once you have found her, never let her go. Now, a lot of guys, they'll meet somebody and they'll go, boy, this woman is sensational. She's terrific. Oh, my God. Oh, I wish I could be with her. Except they don't dare show it. They don't dare find a way to express it. Well, you know, I'll I'll take Oscar Hammerstein's advice. Once you have found her, never let her go. So what do you got to do?
0: Right do you, Get have some to rope. Be,
4: do you want to be an Sorry. asshole? what do you want to demonstrate you 're a good guy or a human being you're, you're somewhat interesting you may not be the best looking you may not be the most successful you might not drive the best car you might not have the most money uh, but everybody has something about them that they do that nobody else on earth does and you have to you, you find a way to express that difference yeah. And most importantly, most importantly, find out who that other person is and find out what, what, what they care about and what makes them different. What do you, um,
1: what, what's your technique when it is a one com, one-sided conversation where you are the one that's genuinely interested and they're really interested in just talking at you? Do you just accept that or do you try to break that? No, nah, you
4: know what, if that's what they want to do if they want to talk at me uh, again something i learned from advertising ad- messages that talk at people don't work right um you have to have a conversation and the conversation has to be at a meaningful level and sometimes you just have to write it off um uh it's it's that old joke about guys going into a bar with you know three four five different lines that are sure things hmm. they never are <laughs> right they never work anti-dropper line everybody sees through it yeah you know so it's crap and and You laugh at it, but uh, I've seen, I've certainly seen women who, uh, uh, you know, just kind of get into their own shell and jabber on without saying a thing. You, know, uh, you know, I guess that woman's for somebody, but that woman's not for me. Right.
0: Well, that's actually a really good point, because we only have three minutes left. We were going to get into analyze this, but this is an interesting conversation. But um, there, there is a point that you also have to really respect yourself, because a lot of guys go into the interaction and they don't even think, do I like her? Am I interested in her? Their main goal is to impress or get her to be attracted to them, which again, you, you lose out on the connection if that's what you're focused on, but they forget to say, oh, am I actually interested in her? Is she a nice person? Does she have good values? Do Am I impressed with what she has to say? So I, I think what you just said is great. You have to take a step back and think, you know, why do this person really for me? Do I want to continue talking to her? And if you don't, you politely excuse yourself and say, it was great talking to you. I'm going to go grab a drink or go to the bathroom or whatever it is. My friends are calling me over, but very nice talking to you. I'll see you around later. You you can't take yourself out of a conversation. You don't have to lock yourself in to hopefully
1: get that attraction from somebody who obviously
0: isn't that great.
1: Okay. So before, because we are kind of running out of time, I do want to ask you about your book and getting things for free. So I'm curious about that, but I'm also curious how that can apply for men trying to get... Certain women—is that? Yeah. Do you have any techniques that cross over?
4: Yeah, uh, actually, <laughs> I think so. My book is predicated on a very simple idea, actually, two simple ideas. The first simple idea is that whatever, whatever the business, you know, my, my book is about writing letters to businesses that have not delivered well, or that have screwed up, that have messed up. But the odds are that you wouldn't have been doing business with that company in the first place if you didn't think highly of them. Right. So when you write a letter, you kind of um, complain a little while praising a lot. I always start by saying I've been a customer for years I love your company I, I fly your airline I, I go to your store I buy your clothes whatever it may be
1: Tell my boyfriend and makes me dis- feel guilty and you've yeah. disappointed
4: me <laughs> right and I don't turn it into life or death, and I never get angry. I don't believe in that. I don't think it works in life, right? and I don't think it works in business. It, you don't rant. You say, here's how, and here's what I'd like you to. This is the second part. It, it, it's pointless to write a letter and, <laughs> and just let it get off your chest. I don't see the point of that. Right. So I always say, here's what I'd like you to do for me. So if an airline messes up in a way that is really a mess up and really was under their control, I want a free ticket somewhere. I, and I've gotten free first class seats around the world.
1: How do you distinguish between first class and just a free ticket? That's that's what I want to know. Like what if,
0: level is, is?
4: No, no. Do you, do you say, if say I, I want a free first, first class, class ticket? If I was in first class, oh, okay. and that's oh, you're up, I a flying. Flying. Oh, ticket. that's your okay, right? Yeah. The- no, I, I don't expect. Although I don't know. The other side of it is, I made a trip two years ago uh, on the same with the same uh, travel company that I just traveled with to Vietnam. And when it was over, it was a great, great trip. And I wrote a letter to him that started out by saying, I wrote a book about how to complain, and I don't think any <laughs> of your customers are going to buy my book because <laughs> you, you ran this so well. So we get That's on funny. this trip, and part of the trip involved eight days on a riverboat, small riverboat, going up the Mekong. We get on the boat, and we discover we've been given the owner's suite. Wow. And that was That's straightly awesome. because I wrote this That's letter. letter, right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's... Um, I actually believe in writing charming letters. I think that you don't have to be a professional writer to do that. Just be human. Um, recognize that whoever is reading the letter is more likely to react well with a spoonful of sugar. Mary Poppins was right. Right. And finally, you know, tell them, here's what I'd like you to do for me. And so saying, 10, you get it
1: Marnie said this a million times for dating, state your intention and And also, instead of asking, Do you want to do something, say, Come with me, I'm doing this. So it's kind of similar to that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it actually connects to the beginning part of our show, which is where I want to end on. Because we were talking about, or was this off air? I don't even remember. But pre- appreciating your significant other and um, how important that is, and then I, I was definitely not talking. Well, about about right, exactly. <laughs> no, but that's that's the way in a, in a relationship or even in a first interaction. It, it's it's a, it's about appreciating a person first and then saying, but here and here's what I want. You know, it's like you you butter them up a little bit and then you just express your honest intention of what you want. And we are going to end the show now. I could talk to you for like hours and hours and hours, but thank you, Bruce Silverman, for being here. You wrote an amazing book called How to Complain for Fun and Profit. Make sure you check that out. Is it on Amazon? Of course it's Okay, okay. so go to wingirlmethod.com slash Amazon and buy Bruce's book so you can hear all about how to get shit for free. You can check out new episodes of the Ask Women podcast every Thursday on Podcast One. Dot com and you can listen to Mike Catherwood uh, if you are in the United States every night right Sunday to Thursday five nights a week, nights uh, a week.
3: and if you're not in the United States go to Podcast One oh, and yeah, download the podcast, the podcast for free with no yes. commercials for
0: Love Line. and then he has right. another show with Drew there's a, there's a ton out there on Mike and you're going to be seeing a lot more of him on The View and I don't know you're going to see a lot more of him but thanks guys for being on the show and we will see you next week thank you
2: This is an important announcement for anyone with a student loan who is having trouble making their monthly payments. If that's you, pay attention, because there's a special toll-free hotline that has been set up especially for you. So grab a pen and take this number down, or put it in your cell phone, 1-800-652-3707. That's 1-800-652-3707. When you call the National Student Loan Relief Hotline, you will get free information. That's free information to help you relieve the overwhelming financial burden of an ongoing, endless student loan. If you are behind, late on payments, or even in default of your student loan, the National Student Loan Relief Hotline can help you. You may also be able to cut your payments in half right away. The National Student Loan Relief Hotline can also stop the harassing phone calls, wage garnishments, and even remove tax liens. The National Student Loan Relief Partner Companies have helped thousands of people just like you fix their student loan problem. Call 1-800-652-3707 for free information today. That's 1-800-652-3707.